Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. Well, while you remain standing, I want to read one verse in your hearing. Matthew chapter number 19. Matthew chapter number 19. Amen. And verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, talking talking to him is Jesus. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? We have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Amen. And I want to preach on the subject. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Let's praise him one more time before we're seated. God, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory, God. And I pray, Lord, speak to us today, Lord. And let your word encourage us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. It's going to be worth it all. Amen. You know, when Jesus started his earthly ministry, he was 30 years old. That ministry lasted approximately three and a half years until he was crucified. But in those three and a half power-packed years, he did so many things. He taught so many things. And he also handpicked 12 apostles that would be his immediate followers that he would pour himself into that would be the foundation of amen, of of the beginning of the church uh, that would start later on in the book of Acts. He went to them one by one. And when you read the accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, amen, of him doing that, he would come and he would talk to them. Matthew was a tax collector and he went over there and and saw him at his uh, desk collecting taxes. And he said, come, follow me. And Matthew left, uh, left that job and started following him. Amen. Then he went up to... Uh, over to the sea where these men were fishing. Amen. And it was Peter and Andrew, his brother. And then it was also John and James. uh, They were brothers. uh, And they were all fishermen and knew each other. And he went over there and he uh, worked some miracles after they couldn't catch some fish all day long. Uh, Amen. And, uh, And they were just humbled by this miracle. Praise God. And he said, from now on, you're going to catch people and not fish. And he said, follow me. Amen. And Luke 5, 11, amen, said at, at that particular time, when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. One by one, all 12 of, 12 of them began to follow him full time. Amen. Their lives were in his hands for the most part. Amen. And as time passed, Jesus taught many things. Amen to them. They witnessed many things and they experienced many things. Praise God. And then there was a time when a rich young ruler came to Jesus during his ministry. Amen. The disciples were all there, the apostles. And this young man said, Lord, what can I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, you know what the commandments are, you know, don't do this and don't do that and all that stuff, 10 commandments and so forth. And he said, 
I have kept those commandments since I was a young lad. Amen. What do I still lack? Is there anything still missing so that I, that will nothing will be in the way so I can have eternal life? Amen. Someday. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. And I'll tell you this. He only told this guy this particular thing. You see, Jesus knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly uh, what the one thing is that might be holding us back. And it's he'll, he'll tailor make it for us to tell us exactly what it is. And he told this one guy, and he didn't tell anybody else the same thing in all four Gospels. Amen. He said, one thing that you still need, he said, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And then he goes, ooh, gulp. And then he said, oh, he, you could tell he was thinking a little bit. And then he hung his head and he walked away. Sorrowful. Amen. Because he had great riches and he wasn't ready. So in other words, Jesus knew, see, there's nothing wrong with having great riches if, as long as they don't have you. Amen. As long as that's not your God and that's like number one in your life. So Jesus knew Amen. This guy is depending on his whole life. Everything revolves around what he has. And so I need to just help him with that a little bit. And you know what I believe? I believe he would have said, okay, Lord. And he went and sold it all that Jesus probably would have gave it back to him somewhere down the road. You never know. Amen. And so sometimes God just wants to know. Amen. If you'll do what he asks, praise God. So he walked away. And then Jesus said, oh, how hard it is for some rich people that are, that are, are going to be able to go to heaven because just like that, they aren't going to want to part with their riches and their riches are going to get between them and me and they're not going to serve me because of that. Amen. In fact, he said, uh, he said that it'll be easier for a camel to crawl through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. And you say, well, wait a minute, a camel? Huh? A needle? Huh? But you know, that's not as much a literal statement as a proverb and an old saying that was um, that talked about back in the Middle East and also in in the Far East where they had elephants too. Because the saying, as you further you got east, it said it was easier for an elephant to crawl through the eye of a needle. Amen. But in some areas, the Middle East, it was a camel. The whole point was, amen, they used to use that saying when something was really hard. They would say, oh, it'd be easier for that. Amen. Matthew 19, 21. If you want to be perfect, this is what he told the young guy, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Amen. If you want to be perfect. Now that word perfect is a tall order, isn't it? Like, I don't know, if I'm, how can I be perfect? Amen. But you know, the word imperfect in, uh, in that context, it means complete. Amen. You see, he kept the commandments, but he wasn't complete. He said, one thing you lack to be complete, and that's to do this. Amen. And it can be different from each person to make us complete. And he said, you go and do that and you'll be complete and you'll have treasure in heaven. Praise God. You see, we got to focus on 
putting what's most important in it to us in heaven and not on earth where the moth can destroy, where the fire can burn, where the thief can steal, where the rust can corrupt. Amen. We got to put it in heaven, praise God, because that's where we want to go. Amen. So Peter's listening to all this. And he's, and he's thinking, you know, we left everything. We left, I left my business. I left all that stuff to follow him. And he started, you know, just the human, human nature, start thinking. And I'm going to read our text verse in the NIV version. He, he, Peter said unto him, we have left. Now this is right on the heels of this young rich guy walking away. The very next verse. Peter answered him after Jesus said about the rich man and the camel, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Amen. And Jesus said, Mark chapter 10, 29, and answered and said, Verily I say to you, truly I say to you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. So he was saying, it's going to be worth it all, Peter. Don't look at that rich guy and think he's got something that you don't have. You got something that he doesn't have. Yeah, but I left everything. What are we going to get? Don't look at it the wrong way, Peter. See, our treasure needs to be in heaven. Amen. And notice he said, he said all those things. You can have lands and this and that and persecutions and let it. Oh, wait, oh, rewind that. We're going to have persecutions? Yeah, that's going to kind of go with the walking with the Lord. There will be some persecutions. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer some kind of persecution. You know, some kind of verbal thing. Some people just don't have, you don't have any care or concern for Christians or whatever. Amen. There are some things that we go through as Christians just because we're Christians, just because we love the name of Jesus, just because we walk with the word of God, just because we don't want to do some things. Amen. That the Bible says we shouldn't be doing. Praise God. Amen. But thank God it's still going to be worth it all. This life for God is the greatest life we can live on earth. It's got the most happiness. It's got the most fulfillment, most purpose. So our treasure needs to be in heaven because Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, we are human. And like Peter, if we're not careful, we will look at others and what others have, especially others that aren't saved, others that aren't praying, others that aren't coming to church, others that aren't reading their Bible, others that aren't trying to do good, others that aren't turning the other cheek, others that aren't praying for their enemies, others that aren't, amen, giving God and letting God fight our battles, amen. And we look at them and they seem to be prosperous and doing great. Amen. And we, we, can't, we can't look at it that way. Because you don't know what's going on. Right. We really don't. Right. Amen. Even King David, who was the only person in the Bible that was said to be a man after God's own heart, struggled with this at times. He wrote about it in one of his Psalms, chapter 73, or Psalm 73, verse number 2. He said, 
As for me, my feet almost stumbled, and my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I saw these wicked people. They were doing better than the people that were serving God. And, you know, as far as all this, this and that or whatever, and it started messing with his mind. And then verse 13, he goes on. He said, surely I've cleansed my heart in vain and I've washed my hands in innocence for all day long. I've been plagued and chastened every morning when I thought how to understand this. It was too painful for me. And so he was thinking about this and he was looking at it all the wrong way. But, you know, sometimes when we get our focus off of God and the things of God and the house of God and the word of God, we can start thinking things that we shouldn't be thinking. Praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his descendants begging bread. Amen. God abundantly blesses his people. Amen. Praise God. And then he kind of lamented, and then he got down to verse 16. When I thought about this, it was too painful for me. Amen. But then something happened. I think David must have been laying out of church or, you know, laying out of doing what he was supposed to do, getting close to God, because this is why he was, his thoughts were in the wrong place, because the very next verse said in chapter 73, verse 17, until, he was thinking all this stuff, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I understood the end of the wicked. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation. And as in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. Amen. So don't be, don't be envying them. God's telling us, don't envy the wicked. Don't envy what they have. Amen. Because maybe we don't have what they have. You know what? If we had what they had, in some cases, it would sink us. You know, everyone, you know, you go go out and take a poll on the, go, go to Norwalk Square right now. And let's go and just take a quick poll. Hey, amen. Uh, you know, if you won, uh, you know, the, the lottery right now, would that be the answer to all your troubles? And, your, and that would satisfy your life? Yep, 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 yep. Right. But then we've seen people that don't have money or don't uh, know how to control money when they do have money. And then they all of a sudden win lotteries or whatever. And what happens? It's gone in two seconds because they have every uncle and every somebody that knows them from a long time ago that thinks that you owe me some money and you need to buy me a car and all this kind of stuff. And hey, buddy, let's go out and this party. And it's all gone. Amen. Because it will ruin you. Praise God. So God knows, amen, God doesn't care if we have money as long as it doesn't have us, praise God. But the bottom line is we didn't bring anything in this world. We can't take anything out. And so whatever we put in heaven, that's what's going to be waiting for us. Treasure in heaven. And then the King David's son, Solomon, who took over for him after David died as the next king, he, he, the third king of, is, of Israel, amen. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, he was the wise man, given great wisdom from God. And in his wisdom, he said in verse 11 of chapter 8, he said, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them 
to do evil. Amen. In other words, some people, because they're not judged or they don't have an immediate or they think they got away with this or got away with that, amen, that they continue to do evil because, hey, I'm not getting caught or, or I'm getting off easy or they're just slapping my hand. This is great, whatever, amen, because uh, evil, an evil work is not judged, amen, speedily, praise God. But the verse 12 is what we need to think about as his kids, amen, though a sinner do evil and hundred times and his days be prolonged yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God which fear before him but it shall not be well with the wicked neither shall he prolong their days which are as a shadow because he feareth not before God amen, amen. we think their late days are prolonged that's our viewpoint praise God but he said they won't be prolonged amen they're not nobody's getting away with nothing we got to understand that we're living in a time of the grace of God and that grace is extended to every single human being whether they're good or whether they're wicked. They get the same grace. And what they do with it is their business. And then it's going to be God's business. Because grace abounds where sin abounds. Amen. But it's only those, amen, that take full advantage of what grace can do for you are the ones that are going to be able to break free from that wickedness and get a hold of the Lord. Praise God. You see, grace is space. It's time to get things right with God in your life. But that grace even has uh, uh, an end to it. That grace even has uh, a limitation, praise God. And so we need to realize uh, at some point, praise God, that, that we are walking in the grace of God. And it's by the grace of God we are what we are. And we're not going to look uh, enviously at someone that's not serving God. It seems like they're always healthy and they are always got money and they always got stuff. And boy, they're always happy. You don't know what they are. Amen. That's the enemy trying to say, hey, my team's doing better than your team. Oh, no. We cannot allow our hearts and minds to wonder and fret over the things that people seem to be getting away with or how good they seem to be doing while they're getting away with it. Amen. Again, things against God. Things against God's word. Things against God's people. Amen. Jesus shared a parable that I believe sheds some light on this subject as well that kind of goes along with that grace principle. And it'll help give us a better understanding in this situation. In Matthew 13, verse 24, Jesus said another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in a field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Now tares is another word for weeds. And went away. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then there appeared the weeds also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not you sow good seed in the field? For where these weeds come from? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to them, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? You know, let's get rid of those weeds right now. And he said, No. Lest while you gather up the, we the weeds, you root up also the wheat with them. Amen. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, 
I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the, the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Amen. We got a bunch of weeds in our patch. God, get rid of this weed. What's going on? I, I don't want to. Sometimes getting rid of something can hurt us too. That's what he's saying. Amen. God can help us. Sometimes the answer to prayer is not going to be he's taking away completely the situation. He's going to give us the strength to overcome even in the face of the weeds right in front of us. Amen. So then, of course, the disciples sometimes, you know, they didn't always get like what he was saying. And, um, you know, and I'm sure if we were there, we would kind of be scratching our head like. And so they got to be able to behind the scenes after the multitude went away, he would explain further like you know, the four kinds of ground with the, with the seeds and all that stuff, what it really meant. And here is another time that they did that. And then verse 36 said, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man, which is Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the, the weeds are the children of the wicked one. And the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and, and, uh, and of them that do iniquity, and they shall be cast into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Amen. That's why we don't want to be like them. Boy, I wish I could be like them. Nope, you don't. Amen. Weeds are going to another department, another place. Then he said, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Oh, praise God. Amen. Even Apostle Paul, he talked about a thorn in his side. And, he's, and we don't even, there's been all speculation about whatever this thorn in his side. You know, we don't think it was a literal thorn because, you know, like a doctor could take it out or he could, you know, whatever, God could heal him. But it was some kind of metaphorical thorn in his side. Amen. That he asked God three times to take it away. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. My grace is going to help you with that thorn. My grace is going to help you deal with the weeds in your life. Amen. There are always going to be weeds in your life. You just serve God, fear God, and don't envy the weed. Don't envy the weed. I just got the, I got a little good little thought here. Don't envy the weed. Amen. You know, some plants and some things, you know, that you want to grow. And, you know, you, you got to, they don't even grow. I mean, you look at them and they just fall over. You know what I mean? And you, you know, you don't, you, even if you have a green thumb, like there's some things like certain fruit trees or certain kind of plants or, you know, really delicate things like orchids and whatever. I mean, you got to like 
have the right kind of soil, the right watering, the right sunlight, the right food. Uh-oh, they got some bugs in there. You got to take care of them and all this kind of stuff. And then some stuff is like, oh, you know, and you're doing all this stuff and it's just barely making it. Amen. And then the weeds growing in the middle of the street in the crack, looking really good. Don't envy the weed. Man, that thing's, look at that thing. I thought that was a bush until it was just in the crack in the wrong spot. That's not in a flower bed. That's in the street. But it looks kind of, you know, even weeds have some kind of flowers sometimes. Don't envy the weeds. Amen. You see, God is doing all that extra stuff for us because, uh, amen, because the weeds have no purpose, but wheat has purpose, amen, and God's going to harvest, and we're going to be part of his kingdom, amen, and he's doing all the extra stuff, and he's fertilizing, and he's extra watering, he's doing that, to, amen, on us, amen, and it's going to be worth it all, amen. amen, so when it's all said and done, God's going to see to it that justice will be served no matter what when it comes to the weeds. Amen. Because he talked about at the end. The harvest is at the end. Remember, we're in grace. We're in space. Amen. We're in the times where the, with the weeds and the, and the wheat's growing together. Amen. But there will come a time. Amen. And I believe it's coming soon. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Mark 4, 22, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. It's all going to be brought to light. Romans 2, 16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. And that's why, folks, we don't want to spend time, our precious time and resources and our worrisome energy, amen, to compare ourselves with other people. Don't focus on what other people have that you don't have. Don't look at how good others seem to be doing compared to your own situation. We really don't know what how they're doing. You really don't know what's going on deep in their heart and mind. Even though they might be driving the fanciest car in the world, they might, amen, have a terrible heart and a terrible life, and they might be so sad and depressed. We don't know. But it's going to be worth it all to those that fear God and keep His commandments. Amen. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 1 Samuel 16, 7. You see, this is what, how, what the problem is for us. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. I can't look at your heart. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm looking at uh, Ralph's heart right there onto the right side, my right of his tie. Amen. But that's the beating heart. That's not even the heart the Bible's talking about, which is our seat of our emotions. Amen. We only, uh, we, and sometimes we don't even know our heart. Our heart is deceitful above all things. And who can know it? Only God knows the heart. Yes, amen. Only God knows the heart, amen. But we definitely don't know other people's situation because we can't look at the heart like God does. We look on the outward appearance. Looking pretty good over there. No. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 7, you are judging by appearances. Don't do that. And then a little later in that chapter, verse 12, he said, we dare not make ourselves of a number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Don't do the comparison. 
Well, God, how come they're getting blessed and I'm not getting blessed? I've been praying just as long as they've been praying for that situation. And I just don't want to <laughs> No, don't do that. And you know what? If somebody gets blessed with something that you've been wanting to, wanting to have, amen, and you haven't got blessed for that yet, I hope uh, that you will rejoice with them. I hope you'll get all excited and not say, mmm, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm can't believe he got it before me. I can't believe she got it before. No, just rejoice. Yes, amen. Your time's coming. Yes. Amen. God's time is right. So let's thank God for what we do have. Thank God for the blessings he has given us. Amen. God has other riches for his people. That's more valuable than money and jewels and stuff. That's why it's important to always strive to seek his kingdom and his righteousness as first priority in our lives because he will give us the untold riches from his presence. Amen. God is, the Bible said God is rich in mercy toward us and we are rich in our faith toward God. And the Bible talks about the riches of his goodness, the riches of his glory, the riches of his grace, and the riches of Christ. Amen. That's what we have that they don't have. And that's why I tell you, we got to tell them about what we got so we can give it to them. Because they need what we have. What we have is better than what they have. Because they can't take what they have to the next life, but we can. Amen. He gives us the riches of his peace that passes all understanding. He gives us the riches of his joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gives us the riches of the comfort of the spirit. He gives us the riches of mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. He gives us the riches, amen, of daily loading us with benefits. And it's going to be worth it all for those who have left all and to follow him. My Bible said your labor, amen, will never be in vain when you work for the Lord. And God will never Never forget your work and labor of love that you have showed toward his name. He won't. Amen. Praise God. And Romans 8, 18 said, For I consider, Paul said, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Whatever we might go through as Christians, it's not even worthy to be on the same comparison of what God has for us. 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul said, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. So he's calling what we go through a light affliction compared to what we're talking about in eternity. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, appearances, amen, but we are looking at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Would you stand with me? I got the last verse in Revelation 21, verse 3. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. This is what we're going to be looking forward to when, when the time comes. When, all, when the wheat and the, and the weeds get separated and all that stuff. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. 
They shall be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things are passed away. And verse 7 said, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And that's what we, that's what we got to do, folks. We got to overcome. We're going to endure to the end. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.